This is your girl, Antronetta Tillman. I am coming to you live from She Changed the Narrative. I am so excited. I am stoked because it's been a while, right? And I have been like having so much exciting things going on, a lot of learning, a lot of shifts in putting systems in place to help me to be better with time management and um, being able to be a good steward over my five children while managing multiple businesses. This is not about me today though. This today is so exciting. Why? Because this is something I thrive in this area. Like this right here, so for me, is one of those make it a great day type of mentality shift type of um, episode that we're going into today. And what do I mean by make it a great day? So often, you know, we allow so many things to lay claim to our day and to our mind and to our hopes and our dreams and our visions. And we, we, we have this wishful thinking of maybe one day I will reach there or maybe one day I may, you know, aspire to get there. But listen, you're going to have to determine in your mind, make up your own mind that I will have a great day. You only can store what's in front of you and that's today, right? We make our plan. It says a man make it the plan, but the Lord orders his steps. We make our plans, but we, we can only steward today. So when I say make it a great day, that means take a look at your today. While we plan for tomorrow and envision for our future, we know that as long as we're taking the necessary steps of today, we can reach the intended goal for tomorrow. So today, guys, this is exciting for me because I've kind of been talking about it a little by little, but this is today, I'm just going to say Dare to Dream. If I was to put a title to this episode, it's going to be called Dare to Dream. Dare yourself to dream. And I wanted to talk about it from the aspect of dealing with childlike faith. Like, where did the dreamer go is, is one of the questions I would have to ask. You think about a child, right? A child has all these dreams and ambitions. They ambitions. They can fly if they want to in their own imagination, right? After watching superheroes and everything. But as parents, as loving parents, I have a two-year-old son. Well, he's not even two yet. He's almost two. Um, I have a son who's going to be two next month. And his daring to dream makes him want to make, he gets on the couch, he tries to go and, and, and live those aspirational dreams of being the next Superman, but I have hardwood floors and those hardwood floors will cause him to face a reality that he may not want to face in that moment. So instead of stifling that dream, I'm there below him to catch him. And what is that? What am I trying to speak in this? I am speaking about when when a child has these dreams and ambitions and willingness, it's like a, a faith that they can do anything. Those things have to be fostered. And I noticed that a lot of times those things are killed at a childhood. When you tell a child, you can't, you can't, you can't, you may mean well, like you can't do that, you can't do this. I've kind of mastered to foster the not yet. I have a very persistent seven-year-old, very persistent seven-year-old. She's one of those who helped me understand the scripture. This is asking, keep on asking, <laughs> you know, but I tell 
tell her, you know, God says to pray without ceasing. He says the word prayer means to ask, commune. God says to ask him and keep on asking, not mommy, right? Mommy says no, no means no, or no means not yet. If it's something that is not harmful to her, correct? So, um, back to my son, the way that I foster that, that, that faith and that ability to feel like he can take the sky has no limits for him right I foster that by being there to catch him but to um, help him to acknowledge the reality of what can happen if he was to fall because of the size he is today is not conducive to do what his goal in mind to jump without any um, pain right but sometimes, you know, when you tell a child they cannot do something, thinking of the same child wanting to climb trees. I remember my um, same child, one-year-old, he tries to climb up on top of one of my children's bed using the ladder. And usually, you know, whenever the, when he goes in there, we just usually shut the door. We don't want him in there, right? But he keeps, he's persistent. He goes in, he's learned how to uh, fiddle and mess with the doors and open the doors right so when he goes in there I'm like I'm not going to tell him to stop I'm just going to be here to guide him on his way up so that he can do this cautiously and respectfully and understand that you know there is harm but with guidance you can be able to reach whatever goal it is you're trying to reach right so step by step he's doing it carefully but i do notice if you yell at a child right i'm kind of staying on this really for a minute um, when you yell at a child you can startle them and before you know it there's a a, a scare or a pain type um associated with that reaching of that whatever you was trying to do i don't care what it is um, and, and I'm going to get off of him because he does a lot, right? And it's, and I love it, but at the same time, it has to be fostered and, and nurtured in the right way. That's why we are to train them up in a way that they shall go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. But as an adult, it's like, where did that dare to dream? A lot of cautiousness happens when we're faced with a dream that seems way too big and above where we are. And I, I was talking to my husband the other day, talking um, like oftentimes people only, you know, they, they, they refuse to dare to dream beyond their means. They allow where their means are, whatever the income or whatever the money that they have to determine how much they should dream. And that should never be the case. So with this, I'm going to move right into the biblical story that came to mind when I was thinking about this. I thought about Joseph. Joseph had a dream that was well beyond his means. Joseph had a dream that one day his parents and um, siblings and everyone one day will bow, be, will be bowing before him. This didn't make sense, you know. And 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 the one thing that I saw that's vital, you know, when we're daring to dream, we have to know how to protect those dreams from bringing it to the wrong audience. Because if you bring the, your big, huge, phenomenal dream to the wrong audience, they will stifle it and start to put shackles and bars and 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 imprison your dreams to what you can and cannot do, or what you tried to do in the past and failed. Or if you're not careful, it's your own self-limiting beliefs can come in and try to tell you no, because the last time we tried, we failed. Or the fear of failure will try to come and whisper in your ear and say, "Oh no, we don't want everyone to." To, to laugh at us if we so happen to not accomplish those things that we said we will set out and do. 
But when you refuse to allow your dreams to be imprisoned by fear of failure or the fear of the unknown, you can go above and beyond. Let me hone in on something. The dream that Joseph was given was given by God. So some of us are in in seasons of life where we have God-given dreams that are behind bars. Come on, we're going to go there because what happened to Joseph? Joseph revealed his dream to those he thought he was the safest around and they were the one who, to his detriment, had him imprisoned because of jealousy, envy, all of those human things, right? But they end up causing him to be in an unfavorable situation. But let's look at the, I'm one of those people who like to think that everything that happens in my life, it has a meaning and a reason behind it. And it it will in some way, form or forth, some way, form or fashion work together for my good, period. If God says all things work together for my good, he didn't say some things or this might, or if this happens in this, 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 and that order, then it will. No, no, no. He said all things work together for my good. So in the same way with Joseph, Joseph is in an unfavorable situation. He's in prison, a place that if someone else would allow, you know, bitterness, you know, all resentment. And we have to think about it, right? Not only is he in prison from what his, his brother's jealously, you know, put him in an unfavorable situation. He's also in prison because the man he was working for, wife lied on him, right? So we're just thinking about it. One thing after the next is happening to him. If anyone had a reason to stop dreaming, it would have been Joseph. But Joseph refused to allow the situation that he was in to dictate where he was going. He knew what God has spoken over his life. And what God says, it will come to pass. You just have to lay hold, put a strong grip on whatever it is that God has promised or spoken over you and and refuse to allow your circumstance to dictate where you're going to go. And when you lay hold to that and make it become to the point is one with who you are. If God said you're the head and not the tail and above and not beneath, you're the lender and not the borrower. Come on, somebody, you better lay hold to that and start to speak that over yourself every single day. Write the vision and make it plain. When you write those things out that God has spoken over you, you start to speak those things over yourself and over your circumstance. Remember in the book of Ezekiel, he said, with them dead bones yet live again. God looked at him and told him that the that he had the power in his mouth to activate the life to generate right back into those bones to cause them to live again. So my dear brother or sister, whoever it is listening to this, you have the power of life and death in your tongue. You have the propensity to speak life into your dead situations. If it is a marriage, start to speak life over yourself first and foremost. We cannot change people, but we can change our heart in the positioning and posture of our minds and cause that to shift and say, God, help me to serve my spouse. Help me to love my spouse. Love is patient. It's kind. It keeps no record of wrong. That's a powerful thing, guys. It does not envy. It does not boast. It does not seek its own. God, help me to walk in that love. 
And if it's a your financial situation, the Bible says that God has given us the power to get wealth. And if these in another scripture says wealth and riches are in our house, we can start to speak life even over our finances. One scripture that I like to pray about is He will get He will allow us to have more than enough to give to those in need. I'm not saying everyone should be multi-millionaires, but I do strongly believe that you should not. He says, never have I seen the the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. Where it shouldn't be in a situation that we're having to beg for bread and we should be in a situation that we can be able to give more than enough for those in need. I have five children and the Bible says blesses a man to have his quiver full. It also says to leave an inheritance for my children's children. So that is my ambition and my dream to be able to leave behind an inheritance for my children's children. That inheritance supersedes just a financial inheritance. That inheritance is one that is given a wealth to their mind. I now, that's why I invest in my children. One of the greatest investments that you will ever have is life. To invest back in those who are around you. And if God is giving you stewardship over children, over your marriage, over the people that you bring into your sphere, invest in them by speaking life into them. Invest in them by by spending time being present both mentally and physically. Those are vital assets. Come on. When we talk about finances, you talk about assets or liabilities. Only time do things are liabilities when it has not it don't have much work. But every single human being has work. We need to make sure that we're making those proper investments and speaking life into our children as I started with this. Fostering those things that's on the inside of them. I believe the Bible says we have all things that are pertaining to life. God has placed placed those things on the inside of us. He's even given to each person the measure of faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The way we activate faith in our children and feed faith in our children and in our own selves comes by hearing the word of God. So you have to speak the word of God over yourself. Speak the word of God over your situation. Speak the word of God over your circumstance and know that it says that the word of God is living, active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you speak the word of life, word of life, uh, your word of God over yourself, you are bringing life to that situation he says um the flesh counts for nothing but the word he said but the spirit gives life the words that i speak they are spirit in life if you need sanctification though it says sanctify them by thy truth thy word is truth god's word is true there is so much power in his word and we have the ability to speak life into the dreams God has given us and back to Joseph so Joseph find himself in prison then he find himself being called upon <laughs> to what to interpret what guys dreams I want to I want to speak over that just for a little bit God is going to put each of us in a position to not only live out our dreams but to be able to activate dreams in others, those dreams that have started to lay dormant. I work with the youth. And one thing that I love and that's so beneficial about speaking into the next generation is you have the ability to to, to change the next generation coming forward by speaking life at a young age, giving them a direction and a focus so they're not aimlessly fighting and and go and, and misdirecting anger and, and misdirecting their energy and, and, and their um, their talents to things that does not benefit the kingdom of God. 
So going back to where I was, Joseph. Joseph was called upon to interpret dreams. Why? Not just before they called upon him to interpret a dream, he was already doing what he was called to do without you know, when when you know you're in your lane and you're doing what you're called to do, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone or seek validation of anyone. While he was in prison, there were people who were in need of having their dreams interpreted and he did it faithfully. And by him doing that, he left um, a good taste on someone's, you know, that, that, that goes down with good customer service, so to speak. When we're interacting with other people, you leave opportunity for there to be a good rapport. We should always, you know, leave that good rapport. It says that let our good deeds be seen by men, that they may glorify God in heaven. We want people to be able to see our lives and glorify God and leave that good fragrance everywhere that we go we know that we're going to be hated by many so that's not what i'm saying i'm, I'm definitely not seeing being to people pleasing that may even be my uh, next episode because that's something i'm very passionate about about not being the people pleaser i'm very passionate about that because that will have you draining your talents your energies and fulfilling other people's dreams instead of moving toward the dreams god has called you to do but for me to stay focused on what i'm talking about joseph was so focused in on God's will and not his own, that he was willing to interpret a dream in an in, in an uncomfortable situation. So this is me calling, me speaking to you in your given situation where you are. You can feel that you are miles from your dream. You can feel that you're continents separate from your dream. But I encourage you to start today. Work with what's in your hand. Whatever's in your hand, that means what is in your power? What is what what do you have the ability to do today? And the number one thing I always say, saturate whatever you're doing in prayer. That's the biggest thing you can do. Find scriptures that you can stand on. Peter, Peter was called out to walk on the water. He, the only thing that, the only reason why he started to seek because he, fo- he took his focus off of the word that called him out there. He told him to come, stand on God's word, whatever it is stand on it have faith if it's just one thing like I don't know everything I'm not wanting anyone to get a headache or or get their focus off of the main thing keeping the main thing the main thing is the best way to 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 get through life so back to Joseph he's now been called upon to interpret but then after he interpreted the dream he was then being he was put in the position that his initial dream was now showing forth. But I want to point out one vital thing and I'm going to end there. One vital thing. When he was now put in that position, his brothers found themselves in need of Joseph. Many people can look at the story and look at this as if they were just bowing down. Like, look, they had to bow down anyway. No, it was more than that. Joseph was now put in a position that he can reach his hand down to lift them up into a better situation. If any time, if they would have caught that at the beginning, that don't just look at it that you're down below me. Look at it that I'm now put in the position that I can help our whole family. If Joseph wouldn't have been in all of those unfavorable situations, it wouldn't build it wouldn't have built his character to where it was to be able to stand in the position God has called him to. He didn't stop there. He was put in this position by God. Imagine if he didn't go through all of that. 
he would have been also there alongside his brothers begging at the hand of someone who may not have had favor upon him to give them any food. I want you guys to think about that. So this is the way we, um, the, the way we're going to end with that one is be willing to forgive those who misuse you or abuse you or, or overlook you, whatever the case is, forgive them and, and really truly let them be in God's hands, give them over to God and never harbor bitterness that will did you one day I'm gonna show them I'm gonna get them back those are inner vows that doesn't serve anyone any good not even yourself so I want to end this with prayer I hope that spoke volumes to you and dare to dream beyond your means just dare to dream whatever God's given whatever God (laughs) I'm having a moment whatever God's dream or vision is for your life know that it can and shall come to pass and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper what God has for you is for you period with the T if you know me that means that's serious right write that on a piece of paper period okay I'm gonna end with prayer Father God, I just thank you right now for the listener, Lord. I just pray you will bless them and keep them and make your face shine upon them and give them your peace, Lord God. I pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I pray right now um, by the authority given to me by Jesus Christ that you will stir up the gift that is trying to lay dormant in the listener right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know what you have called them to. I make a declaration, Lord God, that you will open up doors of opportunity for them, Lord God. Give them the boldness and the fortitude to walk through it wholeheartedly knowing that if you come, if you be with them, who or what can be against them. I pray that you start to show shut doors that need to be shut in their lives. Hallelujah. And I just thank you for it in advance, Father God. Shut all doors to debt, poverty, and and, and, and wicked and, and, and stinking thinking is what I'm going to call it, Lord. Thinking that is causing them to stay stuck in the rut. So Lord, I just pray you set them free. For freedom, you have set us free, Lord God. I just pray for freedom, freedom, Lord. And I just thank you for it in advance, Father God. I pray you would just encamp your angels around about them, lead them and guide them. As your word says that your peace will guard us, but your peace will also guide us. So Lord, I pray that your peace be their guide as they go forth, Lord God. Let them find direction through your peace that surpasses all understanding. Let them, Lord God, be governed by your peace. Hallelujah. And I just thank you for it in advance, Lord God. And I just pray your perfect will be done. And just let that be embedded on the inside of him that all things is working to the to their good, Lord God. Working together for their good, Lord God. For they are called according to your purpose and they love you, Lord. And I love you, Lord. And I love all of you listeners. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Stay hydrated out there. And um, yes, if you want to, I, I just encourage you to share this with anyone who would like to hear it and who you feel that needs to be encouraged. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I pray for you. God bless you. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.